Oh, snap! The world is finally waking up to the crap that's baked into and sprayed on kibble dog food. No longer can commercial pet food manufacturers fool us with pretty pictures and false promises. This is the raw dog food truth. The view and opinions expressed on this podcast are not intended to replace medical advice. Before starting any raw diet, do research, ask lots of questions, and consult your vet. Well, hello, Well Feeders. I'm Dee Dee Mercer Moffat, the CEO of Raw Dog Food and Company, where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. Well, it is Monday morning, so we're starting your week off right with Dr. A. I'm going to just start really making your name really short. We'll call you Dr. Really a. <laughs> Dr. Morning, Andy. <laughs> how are you? So how did Tuesday night's Q&A with Dr. Andy go? It went well. No techno um, hiccups this time. Um, actually had a handful of people there asking questions, which is always, you never know if anyone's going to show up, right? It's like, oh. So that was that was awesome. Um, and we had a lot of fun. We were there for an hour, and we will be back on my YouTube channel, Dr. Andy's World, tomorrow evening, 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, and we'll do it all over again. So if you're new to raw feeding, long time, long feeder, a little bumps in the road, bring your questions and we'll see if we can um, hash it out. Did you have any questions that stumped you? I, th this is actually really funny because the very first question was about cat tartar. And I'm like, uh oh, cat tartar. I know. Uh oh, <laughs> it's right. Like, um, I, I don't know, you know, like cat tartar. Okay, well, let's. And we kind of went into. How much is the gut biome contributed maybe to the immune system for the whole animal and hence the tartar um, went into how difficult little kitty mouths are and she was um, already feeding a dehydrated raw diet so and doing some raw rabbit so kitty I go I can guarantee you have less tartar because you're doing that than you would have if you were feeding um, kibble so but it was an older kitty and had trouble with um, having a, her last dental, so she couldn't do that again. So it was, it was. I'm like, okay, we will start there. Yeah, I wonder why I could she just not get her uh, little cat over to a a wet diet? Don't well, know. Well, kitty's eating some frozen raw rabbit and dehydrated raw. So. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, gotcha. No, that kid, yeah. So that kitty probably has less tartar period because she is on a good diet, right? Uh, more of a species appropriate diet um, than if we were feeding kibble. And we, of course we went into the old wives tale that, that kibble helps clean your animals. <laughs> yeah. It's did, a big fat lie, people. Big fat where, lie. Where did that come from? I don't know. I oh, we know where it came from. Well, yeah, <laughs> probably just repeated it because they heard it and it just got repeated because they heard it and so on and so forth but it's it's a big fat lie it is a big fat lie don't buy into that that's like yes eat i no more do you need to brush your teeth you can just eat an oreo cookie every morning dr andy i mean right that's all you have to do because that is about the equality of eating kibble right it's just gonna Yes, I didn't have that analogy. That would have been great. I would have used that. You can that, use it. That it, I will in the future, but that's exactly what it is. Yes. Anytime you want. 
grab those uh, those visuals. Yeah, that's just not. Mm-mm. Well, um, I want to ask you a chiropractic question before we talk about seed oils, uh, seed oils that maybe people don't think about in their dog's food. But I want to ask you a question in regards to chiropractic prior to that. So here's the question. You know, we talked about these dogs that are biting their feet, whether that's one paw, two paw, three paws, uh, because they might have back issues. How many times, and, and maybe this is all going to be dependent upon the dog, but how many times would you say on average, a dog would need to be adjusted to resolve that foot biting issue because of their back? Um, that's a great question. And of course it's all individual, but generally speaking, if front paws clear up or front paw clear up faster than the rear, it's, that's how it's built. It's the neurology of it. And it just tends to cervical adjustments tend to clear up that numbness tingling down into those, that front foot or that front paw much easier. Um, my general rule with anything is when you commit to chiropractic, commit to three visits. All right. And I want to see something after the first visit, whatever that may be. And maybe it's not a reduction of licking, but maybe they're following you around the house a little bit more. You notice for a couple days and then it kind of goes away or, you know, day three, they pick up a toy they haven't picked up. In a, in a long time. So a lot of times we get behaviors that have disappeared that you're not aware of has disappeared. Maybe they're just in a better mood. Maybe they're more interested in eating. Who knows? All the animals are so different, but I want to see something, even if it's minimal after that first visit. And then when you do, you commit to chiropractic, commit to three visits. And and, and then we will see. So I want that. And we're, if we're dealing with a lick granuloma, we're, we're dealing with paw licking. We ought, the licking may stop or lessen, but it's going to take a while for the new hair to grow. It's going to take a while for that to heal up. So we also have to take that into account. Um, by the third visit, we should be maybe even kicking it out a month from there. And actually visits are only a couple weeks apart. Okay. That was my next question. Yeah. We don't adjust our animals as much as we go and get adjusted. I mean, we've all, I've been rear-ended. I was in the chiropractor's office three times a week for you know a couple months there. Um, animals can't do that. Their nervous systems are not as robust as ours. I mean, our our femoral nerve is you know half inch di- in diameter. They don't have a nerve in their body that that big. So our nervous systems are a lot more robust than theirs. And so we do the initial follow up is usually about two weeks out. And then we usually do another one about two weeks out. And then I like, I love my clients. I don't love them in my office. I want them out doing their life, doing their things. They don't need to be in seeing me all the time. That's always my target with them. Um, And then we'll kick it out three or four weeks. But it really, it really does depend. If we have three chiropractic adjustments in and nothing is changing, I generally send them back to their vet for whatever else is required. Do they need different meds? Do they need some, now we need to do some diagnostics because I work with um, some vets that send them to me first. And if we change everything and the animal's great, we don't worry about doing x-rays. If nothing's changing, they go back. Let's see what's going on in there or wherever their next step may be. 
well, their next step needs to be in your pet nutrition consult, right? If they're not, if they're not doing that, uh, if they're licking their feet, we want to get them off of any kind of processed foods and uh, make sure we're getting off the processed treats and giving clean water. We're doing the chiropractic. And, and then if the feet are still being licked, now we might take another look. Could it be that these dogs that have been licking their feet for a long time are just now in a habit of licking their feet? There's always that component. Absolutely. Um, and I always call it just a component. It, it can be a small component in some dogs and it could be 80% of it in another dog. And I think it's personality dependent. If, you know, and owners will say it, they're like, well, they've always kind of just licked their feet here and there just, you know, when they would get nervous or they lick the carpet or they, you know, you're a little more OCD or a little more nervous dogs. A lot of you are like herding breeds, honestly, tend to be a little bit more like, oh, this is bothering me. So yes, there's always a behavior component and owners hate this when I suggest this, put them in a cone. Oh, oh, I can't, oh. Okay, how about you just put them in a cone at night when they're secretly licking, when you're sleeping. And then you don't have to watch them and they're not moving around the house. So, I mean, I make deals on the cones, um, but sometimes we need to know how much is behavior, how much are we still dealing with you, the itching itself or the numbness itself or the pain itself, if that's what we're dealing with. And that's, and that's what we don't know because they don't, like when I go to the chiropractor, there's a diagram. Mark your pain areas. What kind of pain is it? It's dull, it's stabbing, it's numb. It's, we don't know what type of pain or what is irritating to them. I, I, I always joke with my clients. They're like, oh, we're going on vacation and the dog's going X, Y, Z, you know, grandma's or the neighbor's coming over, whatever. I'm like, oh, so they get a vacation too. And they're like, oh no, they're not going with. I'm like, I know, but they're still getting a vacation from you. <laughs> this is my favorite story of all time. Um, I had a little wiener dog and she was having back problems and this was her second bout of it. And she starts this up, I don't know, a week or two before her owners were going on like life-changing three-week Moroccan world trip right? And they're freaking out. This dog's not feeling good. And she was not as bad as her first bout. And I saw her a couple times and, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, you go. Your dog sitter that she knows really well is coming and staying at the house. She knows what to do. She doesn't have to do any stairs. And I think she just needs a break from you guys <laughs> worrying about her. I never saw that dog again. Back pain went away as soon as they came back because they weren't worried about her. She wasn't taking it on. She was just allowed to be and heal up. And so I joke, but it's not a joke. <laughs> they, they pick up on that. And some people, they, they do have, you know, fears and worries. And so it would be very interesting to see how a dog acts in someone else's care. Right. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, speaking of care, we're going to talk about how to care for your dog in food and you know, Dr. Andy, we're going to talk about seed oils, uh, which nobody looks at in dog food. Um, so seed oils or industrial seed oils or PUFAs, if you've heard any of those terms in the human side, um, when you are researching your own health and wellness, everything goes for the same for your animal. 
So these PUFAs are very, very unstable. They're very high in omega-6s and lows in omega-3s. And it's the omega-3s that you would like more of. They're the ones that are anti-inflammatory. The omega-6s are pro-inflammatory. So let's talk about that for a second, because yeah. what is it all seed oils? And I would love for you to name some of those seed oils, because I think even for our human health, we don't know which ones are good and which ones are bad. Are they all bad? Right now, my point of view, they're all bad. <laughs> they're, they're all cooked and they're all cooked at high heat and they're all oxidized. So they're all rancid and they're all toxic by the time you get them. And so if there are any of these seed oils, vegetable oil um, is another word for it, if that makes more sense, like soybean, canola, palm, peanut, safflower, sunflower, corn oil. Oh God, there's grapes, grape seed and rape seed. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. All of those, like everything, even in natural grocers, that those potato chips, those sweet potato chips, those plantain chips are fried in are seed oils. They are oxidized. They are now toxic because they are heated and they are so unstable. I know it was very, very sad that my, um, what are those called? They're not potato chips, but they're, but they're a root. Uh, I'll figure it out here in a second, but I turned over the bag and I'll be golly. It had canola oil in them. So I was like, ah, can't eat those anymore. Nope. You know, they looked really healthy, sounded really healthy. Looked on the bag, very sad. Very, very. Yeah. So what about dog food? Um, what, what dog food has seed oils in it? I believe all the kibbles do to some extent. Um, I think some of them are even advertising that there's fish oil in their kibble. I don't know how often that happens. I know the vets recommend you putting it on the kibble. Um, and even fish oil, when put into a kibble, has been heated and then heated again and then heated again and then thrown on the shelf and then sat in the bag and sat in the bag and sat in the bag and then maybe it got in the truck and then it sat in the hot truck and then maybe it made it to your shelf. God only knows how long that process is. I have no idea. Didi might have an idea. Um, but the vast majority of your kibble, because they have seed oils in it, are rancid and oxidized and your big food companies know this they spend more money on their packaging to keep the oxidation and the rancidity down so you can have a product once you open it that's good for a month Think kibble in bulk to feed your one dog for three months please stop because by the end of that bag that it is so it has gone so bad and it is so bad for them um, one of my questions to my clients when they're having intermittent, that are still feeding kibble and they're still having intermittent diarrhea episodes, was it the beginning of the bag, the middle of the bag, or the end of the bag? A lot of it, end of the bag. Yeah. Because it had gone bad already and caused the diarrhea. They went to the vet, got their metronidazole. Now we're having rebounding diarrhea. We're having, we're destroying the gut biome with the metronidazole where, but hey, it stops the diarrhea. Um, long-term effects we don't seem to care about. Um, and then it just rotates and rotates. The beginning of the bag, 
they probably changed an ingredient in there. Maybe they got one of their meats from a different source that your animal can't handle. Um, middle of the bag, meh, we'll just see what happens in the next bag. But it start light bulbs tend to go off when I ask that question. Well, and what we see most often, pancreatitis does not come from fat in the raw diet. Pancreatitis, most often we see in the summertime um, with these bags of kibble that are in very, very hot warehouses, right? And the oils have gone rancid. And even in like Arcana, okay, which is supposedly one of the premium kibbles. I always say it's not premium. It's just you're paying a lot for crap. Okay. But it has oil in it. You know, it has pollock oil in it. And all of these different oils that they're adding to these foods that are in a bag is not going to be good for your dog. Now, they don't even have to be seed oils. But um, take a look at that and, and see if you can get a premium kibble without an oil in it without any preservatives in it, without any tocopherols in it. Yeah, I don't know if you can. I haven't looked. Well, right. that would be a I nice challenge. Do. That would be a nice challenge out there, you know. Um, so seed oils, what, what's the problem with these seed oils? Are they not just the omega-6 and omega-3, but do seed oils have uh, like GMOs and things like that attached to them? Soy is one of the highest GMO glyphosated product out there. So how could soybean oil not be? Right. Right. I mean, it comes from these plants and they cold press them. They use a hexene to get the oils out. So the processing is also adding toxicity to them. So yeah, they're, they're going to be full of glyphosate. They're GMO. I mean, unfortunately, most of our plant food sources are at this point. You know, they include, you know what else they include in the seed oil category? They include coconut oil. And there are a lot of people that still think that coconut oil is this antibicrobial type oil. I did a podcast uh, not too long ago on coconut oils and how it raises certain uh, triggers in the body that actually causes inflammation and itching. So they were like, look, if your dog is itching, stop using coconut oil, mm -hmm. right? Isn't that, um, isn't that amazing? Now they, they, they'll go, you can go out there and research and you can find all sorts of benefits that they talk about with coconut oil, but Honestly, coconut oil is just a medium trans fat. It is, and it's it tends to be a little more stable. It does have a little higher cook point. Um, and if your animal can handle it, you know, and you want to add a little bit, I do here and there into their diet. They're not on it every day. We mm -hmm. rotate it through, and it's not cooked, right? Mm -hmm. and it's stored in glass and you know, and we don't have any problems with it here. But that the some of these like outside foods, I don't know if you want to call it that or not, test it. See what your animal does. It's not across the board. Animal fats in general are going to be more stable. They have all three of these things going for them. And so you want to stick with your animal fats, which are 
already in your raw meat. It's already ground up in there. Well, it's not heated, too. Right. Right. So you're you're talking about in here, you know, when it comes to kibble, you know, these seed oils are exposed to this high heat, right? And nobody really puts that together that that's really a problem. This high heat during the kibble making process is what makes these oils go rancid. And that's why even cooked food, Dr. Andy, right? Totally changes. It's not the same as raw. It is in its pure form. Yeah. Cooking always changes the molecular structure of what you're cooking. Now the heat determines how much it changes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do we want to do? We want, we, we, number one, we don't want to feed foods that have been exposed to high heat. Okay. Right. That's a, that's a, that's a, that knocks out every kibble right there. Mm-hmm. And I often look at these foods that say lightly cooked. Does that mean it's sort of raw? And if it is sort of raw and it's in a bag, how does that not go rancid? But these lightly cooked stuff off the shelf, they're not, doesn't, it's not a different color inside. It's not like it's raw inside, at least the couple I've seen. And anything that's in a bag, in a bag, on a shelf is going to be more highly processed. Well, it's got to have preservatives in it. Yeah. And they probably resprayed it with less bioavailable vitamins and minerals. Um, yeah, I, I can't recall a, an ingredient list off the top of my head for any of them. Now, I don't know if you've run into this. I've run into this with a couple of my clients, the senior dogs. Um, they do go to the lightly browned patties, that heating, a little, taking a little bit of the edge off with the raw. Um, food was a problem in his entire life. Like we're not seeing any of that with his raw. So really just depends again on the dog. What do you got going on? The moral of the story is the moral of the podcast today is we got to look at the ingredients. Seed oils are not your dog's friend. They're not your friend. Um, so you want to look out for those in your dog foods, get your dog on a species appropriate diet. You can make sure that there are no, um, GMOs in there, right? There's none of these oils in there. If you would like a good omega-3, we've got those right there in the store. We've got your potency. We've got your green lipped muscles. Those are beautiful, beautiful oils and perfectly safe for your dogs. Listen, you can sign up today to get over to Dr. Andy and get a pet consult, right? You can also attend her raw dog food uh, Q&A session. It's going to be tomorrow night, every Tuesday at Dr. Andy's World on YouTube, okay? Dr. Andy's World uh, on her YouTube channel where you can ask your questions and uh, even those those tough questions like what to do with the cat tartar, right? Because <laughs> you'll figure it out. And if she doesn't know, uh, Andy will just say, I don't know, but I'll, I'll find out and I'll email you back. Right, Dr. Andy? I mean, it's Absolutely. that's that simple. 
It's that simple. But uh, get over to Dr. Andy's World. And then what is the website if they want to sign up for a pet consult with you? That's animalmagiccare.com. Animalmagiccare.com. Well, we so appreciate you joining us this Monday morning. Remember, look on the back of that bag. Get rid of all the junk in your dog's diet. Just get them on a species-appropriate diet today. Go to rawdogfoodandco.com where your pet's health is our business and we're friends. Don't let friends feed kibble. We'll see you tomorrow, everybody. Bye-bye. Oh, snap. Find out how you can start your dog on the road to health and longevity. Go to rawdogfoodandcompany.com, where friends don't let friends feed kibble and where your pet's health is our business. Just snap.